I wanted to tell you uh, from my own life's experience how I came in contact with with meditation. I had been uh, chanting mantras for quite some time and then maybe 35 years ago I came uh, to the holy city of Varanasi. Mm. It was known at that time as Benares, a more modern word, and I uh, was writing, or no, I was doing at that time a few seminars all over Europe called There Is No Death. Mm. It was uh, seminars where we became aware about our own mortality and we actually went through the experience of death in something like a guided guided form. It was not yet meditation. And uh, <laughs> I needed new material because they became quite well known. I remember that I was in all the universities in Germany and decided to go to Varanasi and uh, sit and watch how the relatives brought their own near and dear ones who were dead on stretches to this particular gut and, and burned the dead bodies. Mm. I wanted to write about it and take photos and use it in my seminars. Now, after I had sat there for quite some time, I decided <coughs> to walk down to the Ganga and I saw a houseboat. It was painted in the color of ochre, uh, something like saffron, but a little bit more outshining. And um, next to the houseboat, I saw a, a yogi washing his, his cloth. So I decided to sit down at the gut and after some time I spoke to the yogi if he knows new English and he answered in a very, very good British accent that indeed, young lad, I speak English. <laughs> and uh, I asked him if he could share some of his uh, reasons why he had become a yogi and lived on the houseboat on the Ganga. And he s said after his, the death of his own wife, mm, he quit teaching in university as a, a professor of philosophy and become a yogi. Mm, mm, he lived on a houseboat where he spent a lot of his, sorry, a lot of his time in meditation. So, <laughs> I was curious, why of all spiritual practices you chose meditation? And he just answered in a very brief way. He said, peaceful mind, peaceful life. Uh, disturbed mind, disturbed life. That was his answer. Thank you very much. And, uh, 
said goodbye and uh, forgot a, a little bit about this encounter until next, or it was the day after the next day, I don't remember so clearly, I came to one of these crossings, street crossings, in Varanasi, and I saw my friend the yogi meditating in the middle of it. There was a little, you know, elevated, this much of elevated, where the policeman was trying to direct the traffic. I don't know if you have ever seen an Indian street crossing. It's something else than a London street crossing. You know, there were all these a swarm of bicycles waiting to start, then motorcycles, then cars, uh, a few camels, a big elephant. And they seem to move without <coughs> any rules and regulations. There was wild honking of boop, 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 of uh, the car. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, in the midst of the chaos, the policeman wielding his bamboo stick, trying to direct this, this apocalyptic chaos. And, uh, and my friend, the yogi, sitting there in deep meditative absorption. His white hair was a little blackish because of the exhaustion. Um, what is it called? Uh, soot? Exhaust fumes. Exhaust fumes, thank you. And, uh, mm, and he was just meditating there. So he caught my attention. I, I waited until I saw him rising. It was after a few hours. I mean, I did a few things, errands back and forth, but I caught him when he was just rising. And uh, when he had crossed the streets and went back to, the, to his place, his houseboat on the Ganga, I stopped him and I said, are you not satisfied with the peace which the houseboat offers you? Why do you have to go to this apocalyptic chaos? I, I, Remember, I had learned this word, you know. <laughs> Apokalyptisches chaos, we say in German. Very similar. And he said, young man, yesterday I told you that an undisturbed mind brings about an undisturbed life. So I thought, after I had told you this, that let me test myself <clears throat> how much I can be undisturbed in the midst of disturbance. Actually, I had, he said he, he had done this a few times, but he meditated uh, on this uh, next day after I had met him just to check himself if his words were truthful if he was already undisturbed. And then we sat down and he said, it's, it's easy to be undisturbed in an undisturbed atmosphere, but you have to train to remain undisturbed even in a disturbed atmosphere. Then you know that you have a, 
uh, entered a level beyond the mind, which is oscilla, which is going up and down, or, or, oscillating between eyes and the ups and downs. And he spoke from the Yoga Shastras of Patanjali about the vrittis, the thought waves, and he spoke about samadhi as quelling or stilling these thought waves. And we had a wonderful evening, afternoon which went into the evening, and after that I decided, let me learn meditation. And I learned, I read the Patanjali Yoga Sutras, I studied them with someone and I went into other Sanskrit uh, works, Hatha Yoga, Deepika, the, and one work which is attributed to Shiva on yoga and meditation, etc., etc. And um, yeah, learned the practice. And the practice is quite... I mean, on first glance, it's not so elusive or so difficult. It's just uh, we, we have different layers that cover the self, the physical layers, which we can attribute to the body and the senses. We have the mind. And if we can uh, go beyond these layers uh, or deeper than these layers, we kind of uh, experience something like spiritual echology where we uh, discover what is already there. The self, the soul, eternity, and so on, and, uh, and uh, everything else which is spiritual. So the path of meditation uh, brings us from the outward-facing mind mm, deeper into the inward-facing mind, and then we go deeper and deeper until we contact the spiritual self. Very, very simple. And Mode took us to the traditional steps. She uh, spoke of centering and of going over the bridge of the breath the mind control and and and, and actually stopping the the, 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 the the agitated mind and so on. Yes, it's something which you can easily learn. Uh, it is taught in, in, in many yoga studios and uh, and I became particularly interested in in that state of meditation where you're no longer working with the mind. I will bring you, uh, I hope to bring you a little bit like mode, we, we all do it a little differently, inside of you. And then the most important part of the meditation starts where we have no thought, no mind where we do what is so difficult when we are controlled by the mind, when we um, practice just being, you know, just be. Um, and uh, if, 
I thought to do this, and then I will um, go from that state into chanting. Mm, we will have a so I will have a meditation. Yes, this is our mantra: Ram Sita Ram Jai Jai Ram. Let's just practice it before. Ram. Yes, we can now stretch it out a little bit, and you will see there's an ocean of sound. Deep inhale. the rest of the thing in one Sita Ram Sita Ram Jai Jai Ram Sita These are the elements. Mm, first element, we, uh, we will relax the body and then go over the bridge of the breath inside. Then I will guide you for a moment in a meditation on compassion. And uh, I liked very much how Maud spoke and or guided us into the feeling of interconnectedness. In our small minds, which are ruled by the ego, we feel so separate from each other. And we feel awkward when we have to smile at someone whom we don't know. I, I, I guess, uh, at least Radhika said, even in London it's okay to smile at someone. Uh, so, yes, uh, when through this meditation we will experience interconnectedness with our life, and then it's it's easy to smile at everyone and to be compassionate towards everyone. And this interconnectedness is just such an important uh, realization for spiritual people. If you don't feel interconnected and you feel just so separated from everyone, you might still be ruled by the ego. But when the ego dissolves, when there is no I and mine any longer, then you feel this interconnectedness. And I would like, uh, because today we have a compassion meditation, 
uh, talk a l- for a, just a moment about this interconnectedness. One of my friends is from Kazakhstan. She is a, a teacher uh, and a coach. And she wrote at the outbreak of the war mm, between Russia and the Ukraine a beautiful piece about interconnectedness. And it's good, it will help us in our meditation that is soon to come. This is what she wrote. I'm not a politician or a judge. I'm not even speaking about who's right or wrong. I have friends on both sides. I make only one simple point in the hope that it will be useful. The earth is all of our home. Our planet is one relatively small living organism. We are all interconnected, just like all organs, systems, and cells in a body are connected to each other. You can, of course, say, thank God, this is not happening where I live. Or you can, you know, go over the London streets and see a homeless person going barefoot and talking something which perhaps he himself does not understand. And you can say, thank God, this is not happening to me. But this is how only very ordinary people think. It's as if the kidney says, I'm far from the lungs, therefore this lung cancer does not concern me. Yes, the kidneys are separate organs, but in a unified organism that is washed by the same blood and the same lymph, metastasis is just around the corner. The outbreak of cancer somewhere concerns every single cell. So then she says something else and ends, perhaps you asked yourself, but what can I do? I have no influence on this situation. Am I even being asked? My answer, you can ask for grace. Sincere prayers always work miracles. They are the beginning of all kinds of good things that start to happen, especially when we don't pray for ourselves, but for those who are in need right now. So yes, we will center ourselves, we will come, we will arrive and then do a compassionate meditation and then sing. Are you ready, ladies and gentlemen of London? (laughs) Hare Krishna. I'm I'm trying to speak your language. Um, (laughs) uh, Good. I have to get this machine here working. Where do, on which tonality do we go? Good. It will be different from Mode's meditation, but we 
I think we speak the same language when it comes to relaxing you. So please sit straight in a comfortable position. Maybe you want to just, we will we, we be sitting a little bit, so you might. Ah. Mm. Imagine a th thin thread pulling your head upwards. So yes, you will align your spine and also the position of the head sit in an upright, upright position. Please roll back your shoulders. Tuck in your chin slightly. Yes. And when you're ready, gently close your eyes. Mentally scan and relax your body part by part. Start with the feet. If you don't feel them, you might like to move the toes a little and then relax. Move up your legs to your knees, up to the sitting bones. Just relax. The lower part of your back, the upper part of your back. Relax. Your chest and belly. Feel them and then let go of them. Relax. Your shoulders. The arms down to the palms, relax, or you can do much better. With the shoulders you carry a lot of tension, so relax by getting the feeling they move gently towards the floor. the back of your neck, back of your head, your forehead, relax. The many facial muscles, relax. The inside of your mouth with the tongue and the jaw. Relax. Appreciate how your body is now fully relaxed. From the toes up to the shoulders and the head. Relaxed and Alert. Now observe your breath. 
the beginning just observe in and out as you observe tell yourself on an ingoing breath slow And whenever it's time to exhale, tell yourself as you exhale, deep. We take slow inhales and deep exhales. Let's do this for a few rounds. If your attention starts wandering, no problem at all, but bring it back to the in and outgoing breath. If you feel you're getting tired, no problem, but just Bring your attention back to the in and outgoing breath. Slow in, deep out. Excellent. Now we will come to the inner pictures. Breathe into the heart space. Just imagine that the inflowing air goes down into the heart area. And breathe out from the heart area. Perhaps as you breathe in the heart space, you feel a little lighter. And as you breathe out, you feel a little bit more relaxed. When you breathe in, imagine a light spreading and lightness spreading and then relax a little bit more as you breathe out okay let's do this for a few breaths Continue to breathe and enter the sense of connectedness with all life. See your thoughts reaching to the graceful sight of a waterfall flowing down a high cliff. The sounds of birds 
resounding in the morning. The fragrance of blossoming buds in a cherry tree. Become aware of how nature is fully alive. And please tell yourself, the rhythm of my heart is the rhythm of all life. Next, see your thoughts and feelings reaching to a young child joyfully running through a field. And an old aged person taking in the sun on their veranda. A refugee finding rescue and new hope. A soldier crying tears of desperation. Become aware how you can feel their joy their worry, their hope, and their distress. Each being that lives on this planet is connected, connected also to you. Tell yourself, the rhythm of my heart is the rhythm of all life. The rhythm of my heart is the rhythm of all life. Sit quietly now for a moment or two to absorb the experience. Sense your interconnectedness with all beings and all life and wish them well. Try to leave all the thoughts.
just remain for a while in this relaxed space and let meditation happen. your mind wanders and your moods swing, just return to your breath and let meditation happen to you. Ta-da! Ta-da! 
try to sing from your heart Ram everyone Ram Sita Ram Sita
that has pleased and this meditation by just staying a few moments in the space where meditation can happen. Slowly return to room awareness. Give yourself a little time. As Radhika said, it may sound counterintuitive. What a beautiful word. <laughs> to, to stop this. But we can also do what Maud suggested, rub our hands to create some alert energy here. <laughs> Bring them over the eyes as you would do in palming. Let that energy go into the eyes and slowly remove the hands and look into the palms as if you're seeing the lines for the first time. Just very briefly in the end, uh, we, we heard the expression, let meditation happen. It's actually when the waves of the thoughts, even the nice thoughts, like, like in the compassion meditation, we, we hope to get some nice thoughts no? of compassion, of wishing well, even these, when these stop and you do what is so difficult for us modern people, that is to just be. It's so simple, to, but it is so difficult nowadays because, well, I got to, got to do something, no? I got to think something, no? Mm, I'm not dead, no? Mm, well, you're in the minus scala if you always are <laughs> doing and and thinking something which has nothing to do with the self, you enter the plus scala when you, uh, yeah, in some ways, I mean, I, I, dare I say it, if, if the mind becomes still, then it's like the surface of a wind still lake and you can see through it and discover many nice things underneath this agitated service. Perhaps your life will start underwater, <laughs> so to say. Uh, not in a literal sense, but a real life can start when we are in that space where we are in contact with the invisible dimension of the self, God, the life force itself, 
and the love and all these invisible things that matter most. <laughs> Good. I thank you all very much. Um, and uh, we'll return to our Radhika Ranjan.